Wednesday, September 13th. And oh, let me mute everything. Mute, mute, show you what I'm a pro I am. Mute, mute. There we go. Wednesday, September 13th. Welcome to the Damon Bruce Show. It's really good to have you here. If you're watching on YouTube, fantastic. If you're listening later on today on the podcast, outstanding. If you are live with us here on AMP, Hello and welcome. A follow over on AMP. Download that app and hang out with us. After we shut down Club Plus, we go into the VIP room. And today, I've got the best playlist I have ever come up with. How about that for a tease? Today's playlist is background music. Some of it's instrumental, but I have literally, since coming over here to YouTube, found myself in the evening looking for a little music to have on in the background that isn't distracting that I can edit videos with. Look at me editing videos. Who would have ever thought? But here we are. We're living in a whole new world. And oh, by the way, I just want to thank you because yesterday is one of our best days in this world. I don't know why, but the Tuesday that we just had was one of the most viewed days in the history of my channel. People showed up. I think a lot of people tuned into that Dave Lombardi uh, interview that I did. We had a lot of people jumping in here, and we just had videos that went up, and people enjoyed them. We had a few shorts that went gangbusters. So, look, this is all new to me. I only know what the little bar graph shows me. You had a good day. Fewer people listen today. You had a really good day. Fewer. Yesterday was like the second most listened to single 24 hours in the history of the Plus. So I thank you. It is awesome to see you once again. And welcome to Rams Week. Here we are slipping into week two already in the NFL. Uh, speaking of slipping, a little sipping. And you know what? We're... I bet we're about five minutes away there. I got a little late start this morning. Tiny bit of a head cold. Teeny weensy. It's a bit, 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 bit of a head cold. And uh, the late start means the coffee got poured a little bit later, which means it's yet to hit that ideal temperature, which we were, you know, we were tracking last week. But we're, we're going to be there soon. So all bets are action. Uh, this is such a good rivalry. I mean, you got the historic nature of a rivalry, which didn't feel nearly as historic when the Rams for a moment moved to St. Louis there. But, you know, Northern California, Southern California, they've been at each other's throats since the day the state was founded, right? Um, so you've got, you've got 49ers, Rams. You got a geographical rivalry. You have a rivalry, like all great rivalries, that really offers up two great uniforms. Well, one constantly consistently great uniform and you know the, the the Los Angeles Rams seem to ruin their version of a perfect uniform every year or two to try to modernize uh when you got perfect don't tinker the Rams helmet the way it used to be was freaking perfect the way it is now eh less than perfect but hey a great uniform combo and more than anything else as today's thumbnail suggested a really interesting war of wills between two guys who know each other forever. Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan go back multiple franchises together as assistant coaches, as two guys who were coming up for each other, uh, with each other, and the fascinating link between the two of them just can't be denied. Kyle has the ownage on Sean McVay. 
He's won six in a row in the regular season with a seven and three record in the regular season against Sean McVay. That's ownage, boys and girls. But McVay, he's got the one in the postseason that really matters, the NFC title game, and he went on and he got the ring. So both of these guys, both of these guys got some arrows to fire at each other. Now, I won't even pretend that McVay doesn't have a nuclear warhead of an arrow. You win a championship, that drowns out a 7-2 and regular season winning percentage. But you can't deny how much better Shanahan teams have looked against the Rams, especially over the last few years. And it's because... 49ers dominate the line of scrimmage, as our friend Dave Lombardi pointed out yesterday. David said, you know, when the Rams can't block up front and they got a stationary quarterback, once the 49ers can start attacking that, days get long in the city of Los Angeles. Um, Kyle was the up-and-coming head coach in this league right up until... Sean McVay turned into the youngest head coach in the history of the NFL to win a Super Bowl. And then for a while there was, well, anyone who shook Sean McVay's hand got a head coaching job. Well, look at what's going on with Kyle Shanahan and his defensive coordinators getting head coaching jobs. And and Mike McDaniel is sort of rewriting how offense works now with Tua and Tyreek and the Dolphins got a monster offense. So... Not only are these still young, lots of mileage down the road to go established NFL head coaches, McVay's got his championship already, but the two of them have a very interesting, robust coaching tree very early in their coaching careers. That means they know what they're doing. They know how to put a staff together. They're not just glory hounds looking to keep it all for themselves. They don't care where the good idea comes from. Just make sure it's in the game plan. And that's what makes them dangerous. <coughs> that's what makes good coaches great. Again, a little bit of a head cold. Sorry about that. Oh, we're there. Sip of the day. That was the sip of the day. That was good. The Rams have the premier stadium in the NFL. You know, this is a rivalry that is filled with envy. The Rams have the premier stadium in the NFL. It dwarfs Levi's in every single way other than Levi's has a grass playing surface. And boy, we will get to that a little bit later on in today's show. But that great state-of-the-art envy of everyone's stadium that Rams fans should be very happy to call their own. It isn't their own when they're playing the 49ers. There is an, a red takeover in there. You'd think you were watching a Nebraska game in Lincoln. That's how much red is inside of SoFi Stadium when the 49ers play there. So again, you might have the best stadium in the league, but when it's full of the opposing team's fans... Where, where's who, who gets the envy statement there? Yeah, our stadium's better than yours. Yeah, but our crowd's better than yours. Again, I love the, the sort of balanced scales in this rivalry. Tons of ownage for Shanahan, but the ultimate ownage of title game, championship win, and a ring. I mean, McVay, McVay's wife, by the way. Woo. Don't, don't look at pictures of her this weekend. You got two really good coaches. 
both who have bragging rights, both who wasted almost no time becoming head coaches in this league, establishing themselves as two of the really great head coaches in this league. You've got schematic excellence on both sides of the ball. You got schematic excellence on both sides of the field. These guys know what they're doing. And that's makes that makes good football. Now, if the Rams get good blocking, we know what they can do. The Rams certainly surprised everybody up in Seattle, and one of the reasons they did that is because they kept that Seahawks offensive line, or defensive line, I should say, at bay the entire afternoon. You know, Larry, uh, on our now most popular day after 49ers show in the world, and it really is, uh, we we have the numbers to back that up, by the way. Larry and I are going to be coming with receipts. Wait until you see this. Essentially, on Monday, Larry and I created the most important sports talk radio station in San Francisco, and we did it uh, from our YouTube channels. But Larry made the point that that was pretty much more embarrassing for Seattle than it was a great day for the Los Angeles Rams. It was a very good day for the Rams, but the Seattle Seahawks did not show themselves well. They had a terrible offensive afternoon, especially in the second half, and their defense put no pressure on anyone in the Rams' backfield. The 49ers are going to put pressure on the Rams' backfield. We know that. And when that happens, things can get loose, and we'll see what the Niners look like in Week 2 down in L.A. It is Rams week. I'm ready for it. Like I said, I like a good rivalry. I like when both teams have bragging rights. I like when it feels a little fair, a little balanced. I like a great uniform combination. This matchup has it all. Great stadium, full of 49er fans on the road. This matchup has it all. I like it. Hey, you can get it all here on uh, Damon Bruce Plus. And when I say get it all, I mean, you know, what you want in life, what you need in life, the delicious things, the good for you things, maybe a few things that might not be so good for you. Oh, yeah, we are a well-rounded sponsorship destination. And let's start with the man who really started it all, my boy Ikes. If not for him, we wouldn't have any sponsors in the room. But he saw this, he believed in it just about before anybody else, and he said, Damon, what can I do to support you? And that's my man right there. I love you, Ike. And you're going to love Ike sandwiches. He's got the best sandwiches on the planet, and he's serving them from nearly 100 locations throughout the West Coast. There is an Ike's near you. If there isn't one, there will be one near you soon enough. He's growing like the Ploos is growing. So, uh, actually, I think it's the other way around. I hope to be growing like Ike's is growing. I believe that's the direction that envy should be pointed in. Either way, a great guy, a great product, a great sandwich, easily available. Get yourself an Ike sandwich today. Get yourself a bottle of blackened whiskey tonight. Delicious whiskey, blended, crafted American whiskey, and it is phenomenal. For the price point, it's an A+. Trust me, get yourself to BevMo where it's readily available. If you don't see Blackened where you shop for your liquor at your local liquor store, ask your local liquor store proprietor to pick up a case of Blackened. And because you're in the Plus Army, you're going to be loyal as hell. How'd you do last week in the NFL? Well, Winning is just a click away, my friends, with BottomLineBets.com. Turn your sports passion into profit 
by using the advice from my guy Stefan in Las Vegas. A documented 16-4 and since debuting on post-Game and Damon. Just last Sunday, he is a documented 16-4 and since he's come aboard as a sponsor. And there's no cooling down now. Heading into week two. Was week one cold for you? Get on my boy's heater. Stefan is on one right now. Sign up, bottomlinebets.com. Join the winning team with daily, weekly, and monthly subscriptions being offered to bottomlinebets.com. For players who are done playing and want to start winning, you go to bottomlinebets.com. My man Stefan is in fuego. Now, you got that good advice. Where are you going to use that advice? Well, we got you covered there, too. Go to mybookie.ag and use promo code DAMON when you sign up. For all new customers, you'll get a 50% deposit match up to $1,000 and a $10 chip to use in their casino. And yes, it's not just a place to make sports bets. They got an entire casino floor. Well, how do they do that, Damon? It is an offshore account which means make sure your credit card is signed up and ready to go for an international transaction. But mybookie.ag has been around for years. They are trusted. They are trustworthy. And most importantly, they pay on time when it's time for you to collect. Mybookie.ag, use promo code DAMON when you sign up. You'll be happy that you did. And it's a great way to support what I'm doing over here on the plus. So thank you for taking care of my sponsors. They've taken care of me. We're taking care of each other. And that's a little community that we've officially built over here. Um, how about this? I am so dedicated to taking care of all of you that if you came to me and said, look, Damon, you know what we've got? We've got statistical proof that people who listen Past 11.35, suffer inner ear damage more often than listeners who stop listening at 11.30. We can prove it. We can take you into a mathematical e equation and prove that you are hurting your community, the people who are supporting you, the people who are there for you, Damon, we're hurting your community when you go a little longer in a broadcast. You know what I would do because I care about you? I would end every single show at 11.30. Well, we're not going to go to 11.35 because people are getting hurt. Everyone's getting hurt? No, not everyone's getting hurt, but enough. Enough people are getting unnecessarily hurt by this continued broadcast that I'm going to cancel it and I'm going to stop at 11.30. Well, that's basically the NFL's turf situation. There is proof beyond the shadow of a doubt. Proof beyond the shadow of a doubt that turf is more dangerous than natural grass for football players. Yet, it's still 16 playing surfaces in the NFL. They know. They know not to be disproved, they know for a fact this turf is bad for players, yet they continue to run it out. They continue to open up new stadia with AstroTurf. Look, it's time for the NFLPA, and they've sent a very terse letter because that's all the real teeth the NFLPA has, saying we don't want these grass surfaces anymore. Well, in order to get something back from the NFL, they're going to have to give something. And if you ask me, 
How was an 18th game created? This would be the way to do it. But if I were the NFLPA, I would say, so we're working under a contract right now. The season has begun, and we understand that things can't change this year. But this is the last year a single football player in the NFL will play on a single surface that isn't a grass-playing surface. And you can cry all the way to the bank. You can get as many lawyers as you want to, and you're going to go into a courtroom and trying to, you know, your argument's going to be, we don't care if our players are getting hurt. We're saving money with, with AstroTurf. You're all billionaires. You're all making money that you never even dreamed of when you became NFL owners in the first place, the cost of installing a grass field, even in domes that, were, that they that it can't live, bring in a new field each and every week. If that's what it takes, do it. It's time to be done. Look at it this way. A lot of these NFL stadiums that have AstroTurf fields are going to be converting to grass playing surfaces when they host World Cup games. So basically, what these stadiums are saying is, oh yeah, we'll go out of our way and we'll spend more money to take care of all these soccer players coming over here for the World Cup, but when that's over, we're going to stop spending the extra money that this provides a level of safety, and we're going to have our football players just back on trash surfaces which can be proven, have been proven, to be bad for you. You know, all these new stadiums that are being built, there was a way to incorporate natural fields that fold up and go underneath surfaces, which you would want to be, you know, ungrass surfaces because Taylor Swift is coming in. So you're going to have 10,000 people standing down on the field. We'll put the field under the field. They do that now with stadiums in Europe. Guess what it costs? Money. Guess what the one thing is the NFL has lots of? Money. This is the exact same 30 billionaires, okay? The exact same group of billionaires making playing surfaces safer without losing a, a drop of their lifestyle. Not a drop. Not, not, let's say uh, owner X in Stadium Y has AstroTurf. If he decides we're going to install 10 different grass stadium, grass fields for 10 NFL games, because you get what? Seven in the regular season, six in the, or whatever it is, seven or depending on what you got that year, because it's 17 games now, plus your preseason allotment of games. We're going to go ahead and do that. And I'm going to sleep still in the same thread count sheets. It's not like people are going to come to my mansion and remove rooms and bathrooms or acreage of my property. Everyone gets to live exactly the same life they're living, except players' lives become instantly safer. The only place this would show up would be in the equivalent of an accounting error, a, a decimal point in a, in a book that, again, the NFL is telling you, that decimal point, that accounting error, means more to us than Aaron Rodgers playing for the New York Jets. Does it really? I mean, isn't, isn't football all about evaluating risk-reward from either a play-calling standpoint or asking your players to go through a certain thing? Like, it, it's all about risk and reward. What is the reward of saving money on less expensive fields 
if your ratings might be driven you know, south of where they should be because star players keep getting hurt. And I understand that even when Aaron Rodgers going down, ESPN just pulled in its biggest Monday night rating ever. But let's be honest, that could have been Jaguars-Texans. It would have been a monster, right? I mean, people are just thirsty for football. It's week one. Everyone's signing up, you know, to get their to get their smack. You know, a bunch of heroin addicts standing outside of a methadone clinic. It's not like this methadone clinic is special. Just everybody's scratching. Here we go. The NFL needs to do better by its players. They have indisputable evidence, indisputable evidence that they're doing wrong by their players and they're still opening stadia with artificial surfaces in them. You assholes. You fucking assholes. So get it right, football. You got a chance to get it right. It's the simplest thing in the world to get this right. Joe Pimplano, who does a newsletter called The Huddle Up, he's a fantastic follow. I suggest you sign up for that newsletter too. Um, you know, he was writing about this. He said Aaron Rodgers' injury has reignited the NFL debate about natural grass versus artificial turf fields. The data is clear. The natural grass is safer. Here's a breakdown of the data and explanation of why NFL owners are still hesitant to make the change. The irony here is the artificial turf was actually created to make people healthy, not hurt them. A U.S. military study from the 1950s, writes Joe Pamplano, revealed that young people living in urban areas were less physically fit due to their suburban counterparts. So they're like, okay, well, we're going to make out, we're going to make grass fields that we can roll out. And so the industry, which was never designed to be a playing surface, for anything other than children on playgrounds, the industry exploded because sports teams look at this and they said, wait a minute. So we can roll that synthetic turf out, save all the money on growing grass, all the money on cutting grass, all the money on remarking a field and having a grounds crew and a hedge greenskeeper. Look, Keeping a playing surface of natural grass is not an inexpensive thing. It is expensive. Uh, my, my God, Jillian and I, right in my backyard. I wish I could take you out. We have, uh, we we have. I would call it like a 10-yard a, a by, or, or it's probably 25 feet by 10 feet rectangle of grass in our backyard, which we've spent hundreds of dollars on just trying to keep it green. There's a few months in a row we're successful at it, and then all of a sudden it just starts burning out. I don't know why. I can't explain it. We're try we try so hard to keep that green. We're not we're not professional greenskeepers. I'm guaranteeing you a professional greenskeeper could keep our grass green 24 hours a day, 365 days a year here in San Francisco. But we're not pros and we're not going to make the investment that it costs to keep it green at all times. Well, essentially, that's what sports owners decided. The Astrodome goes up in 1965. That's the first artificial playing surface in professional sports. And then every other owner, being the greedy fucks that they are, said, well, well let's do that too. And so all of a sudden, you had all those cookie-cutter stadiums. Pete Rozelle said, uh, in five to ten years, any problem about playing championship games in cold-weather teams will be resolved. We'll have artificial turf on all of our fields by then. And... There are more than 8,000 artificial turf fields in the United States today, and 16 of the NFL's 32 teams. Did I say 30 teams before? I meant 32. 
16 of the 32 teams have artificial turf in their home stadiums. Again, that's the New York Giants and Jets who had the choice to build with or without it, and they chose to build with it. That's the Dallas Cowboys. That's the L.A. Rams and Chargers SoFi Stadium. Here's the thing. SoFi Stadium, you walk in, you're at the top of the stadium. So it's not like in uh, in Arizona or in Vegas where they roll a stadium out or they roll a playing surface out to grow outdoors and then they roll it back in like 10 hours before the game starts or whatever. Um. You know, is there any fixing SoFi Stadium? The answer is it would be a massive headache for a stadium that just cost $5 billion to open a few years ago. But guess what? There's a way to figure it out with the pile of fucking money that these NFL owners have. Joe goes on to write, because of all this AstroTurf, it lures owners in with the promise that they'll be able to host other money-making events in their multi-billion dollar stadiums like concerts and basketball games. This enable owners to eliminate seven to eight figures in annual maintenance costs and creatively turn something typically seen as a liability into a cash-generating asset. But just because it's good for the owner's pockets doesn't mean it's good for player safety. Oh, ding, 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 ding. Again, how they can, can complain... Or, or even suggest they care about players' safety when they realize and know and have the mathematically backed data that this is dangerous for guys, and they're like, yeah, keep doing it anyway. You know, the Raiders and Cardinals have already engineered and installed retractable field systems. This allows them to push the field outside during the week so it can get the required maintenance and sunlight, and then they move it back in roughly 24 hours before each game. And if owners didn't want to give up parking spaces, there's even a solution to do that too. Real Madrid's new stadium has a fully retractable pitch that can be stored beneath the stadium with the push of a button. The $250 million underground greenhouse includes ventilation, air conditioning, irrigation system, LED lights, control cameras, and ultraviolet light therapy to maintain the pitch. In other words, they do on an industrial level what professional cannabis growers are doing in warehouses all over California these days. You can grow things indoors better than ever before right now. There were solutions available. The NFL owners went El Cheapo more often than not. And if I am the NFL PA, I am simply saying you have the rest of this year where you can't get off the horse once the race has begun. The race to this year has begun. But after this season... The NFLPA should have a full-on, ironclad, 100% of their union agrees to it. We're not playing on AstroTurf. Lionel Messi has that in his contract. Hundreds, apparently, uh, of players have it in their contract that they don't play on turf in these premier soccer leagues. NFL players need to do this. Need to do... Here's the thing, like... If you guys, as an NFLPA, won't prioritize your safety, I'm going to be done worrying about you. 
Like, screw all of your legs and ligaments and knees and everything. Like, I'm not ever going to feel bad for you because you're at an inflection point. And you're either going to do something about it yourselves or you're not. If you choose not, then go with God. Good luck, everybody. But everyone knows what the solution is. Everyone knows what the problem is. Everyone knows what the data says. So do something. Like, there's not a single element of NFL ownership that's looking at any other sort of data and ignoring it. Like, how many hot dogs are we buying? How many are we selling? Are we buying enough hot dogs to sell the right amount of hot dogs to make the proper amount of profit in that one? They're counting hot dogs more carefully than they're counting Aaron Rodgers' Achilles, is what I'm trying to say. There's everything. It's got a mathematician working on it. The mathematicians have worked on this. They've come back. They said turf is bad. And the NFL's like, oh, well, we're going to ignore that because it's convenient to ignore that. And it means it's, it's greedy and it's profitable. So we're going to ignore that. You dicks. You're so focused on the bottom line and the math of everything. But this? Come on. We're going to get into Club Plus here in just a second. But I got one other thing to talk about here today. That is just absolutely extraordinary. This is a story that came out over the weekend. We've been so busy getting into football season. This is something that we haven't even broached, not for a minute. But, you know, I don't even think I need to attach the word allegedly here because Michigan State has suspended head coach Mel Tucker without pay, and they're continuing to investigate a few elements to a story that he is admitted to. So forget the word allegedly. Um, Mel, Mel Tucker should never coach again, certainly not in East Lansing, where sexual impropriety seems to surround that athletic department more than any other athletic department in America due to the whole Larry Nasser case and all those gymnasts getting abused. It's ridiculous. Michigan State, get your act together. You're humiliating yourselves every single time I look up. For those of you who do not know what's going on here with this story or don't pay attention to it, it really is something else. And like I said earlier, you know, isn't the heart of being a coach, like at the center of coaching, the ability to evaluate risk rewards and come up with strategy and identify targets and weak targets and avoid strong and all that stuff. I want to read to you what Mel Tucker did. I don't want to just say it. I want to read it to you. Michigan State football coach is from USA Today. Michigan State football coach Mel Tucker is accused of sexually harassing a rape survivor. Brenda Tracy, a prominent rape survivor and activist, says Mel Tucker, Mel Tucker made sexual comments and masturbated without consent during a phone call. And her complaint has led to an ongoing now Title IX inquiry uh, around him. And he's being suspended without pay. And, and it is, it's got to be a gots to go away forever situation. It really does. Over eight months, they developed a professional relationship centered on her advocacy work. He would bring this woman in to talk to his team. He even made her captain for a game about how to treat women, about how to not get in trouble around women, about consent, about a whole bunch of things that young men in the peak of their physiques and sexual primes need to hear. So this woman comes into the most masculine of situations to try to 
explain to a room full of boys how to act like men around women. And all the while, the head coach is trying to get into her panties. That right there alone means you can't coach football team. Like you're coming up with a strategy. You're you're seriously circling the weak cornerback as the woman who is a sexual harassment advocate is the chick that you're about to hit on. You fucking moron. Like just, it's, it's the whole thing's gross. But from one dude to another, like just in terms of you know fishing in a pond, you might catch something in. You're an idiot. You're an absolute idiot. I don't know what the more to tell you. Over eight months, they developed a professional relationship centered on her advocacy work. Tucker invited Tracy to campus three different times, twice to speak to his players, and once to be recognized as an honorary captain at the team's spring football game. But their relationship was upended when a phone call on April 28th, 2022, Tracy says in a complaint filed with the Texas with the university's Title IX office in December that remains under investigation. According to her complaint, Tracy sat frozen for several minutes while Tucker made sexual comments about her and masturbated. His violation, she said, reopened a 25-year-old wound from her rape by four men, two Oregon State University football players, and a junior college player in a high school recruit years ago. All right, I'm just going to tell you right now, no victim blaming here, but if this is happening on a phone call, Brenda, hang up. The guy, here's the thing. So I'm on a phone. The person on the other end of the phone is disturbing me. What should I do with the phone? Should I sit here frozen or should I just do this? Honey, just do that, okay? But you're not the one who is out of line. Mel Tucker is the one who is out of line. And by the way, this woman's got nothing to gain from this. I totally believe her. And I totally believe that he's dumb enough of a horn dog. Look at it this way. If your opening salvo is, I might whip my dick out and masturbate while I'm talking to you on the phone, you're a dog. Mel Tucker is straight up a dog. And by the way, he is married. You know? So this guy, and again, over eight months, they developed a personal friendship. There wasn't a single month in those eight months when Mel Tucker wasn't thinking about, how do I fuck this chick? And this is a little too raw for you. That's the beauty of the plus. We don't have to pretend that there's something going on here that isn't. I know how men think. I know how men think. I'm going to tell you right now. No man, no woman, no sexually, uh, no, no sexually proclivative uh, creature in their lives, no sexually active, aware creature in their lives doesn't start thinking about, would I hit that? Within 30 seconds of anybody that they meet. It's called normal life. It's called normal life. Guys, guys are constantly evaluating every, it doesn't matter. doesn't matter who that person is. Like, hi, you're meeting Mary the accountant. All right, Mary, well, I wonder. Uh, you're meeting Mary the nun. Would you, would you, what do you think of that nun? She's kind of hot for being a nun, isn't she? Like, this is just the way heterosexual men think. And again, a lot of people want to say, Damon, that's toxic masculinity. Again, I haven't seen the word masculine without the word toxic before it in newsprint in about three years here. So when we're all done with our PR politically correct bullshit, let's get back to reality. We're sexual creatures. People are thinking about fucking other people all the time. As a coach of a football team, you can't be thinking about 
banging out the chick who you're bringing in to warn a team about not just banging out chicks. What are you, out of your mind? Like, are you that stupid? Mel Tucker, you can't come back on campus. I don't care if you're a good football coach. You can't be a good football coach if this is how you go about strategizing game plans. Literally, you've got the entire state of Michigan, the entire city of East Lansing to cheat on your wife with, and you're going to choose the one woman who is more sexually radar scanning what is wrong every room she walks into professionally? What are you, an idiot? Good God. I mean, what the hell's going on? What the hell's going on? How how do you do that? How do you, you're literally you're in charge of creating game plans centered around risk and reward, and you are going to go yurking your gherkin with a woman who is an active walking how to behave appropriately sexual advocate. Like, dude, I can't help you. Like, you, 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 you know, you didn't see that massive pile of shit in the middle of the street. You just decided I'm going to walk right in it, and it's not going to get on me, dude. Mel Tucker, Mel, Mel Tucker can never be let room, let in a room again where he's giving young men advice. If this is the kind of stuff that he does when nobody's watching, and by the way. He has admitted to whipping the dick out and jerking it on the phone. He's like, I thought we had consent. You really thought, like, that's a good opening. Like, has, has that worked for anyone ever? Has any woman ever been like, well, you know, I wasn't really attracted to this guy, but then he pulled his dick out and I thought, hmm, what, what the hell's going on? So there you go. A couple days late, but better late than never. I had to share that story. Michigan State, uh, what are they investigating? Fire this douchebag immediately. To even be in the neighborhood that could get you in trouble with a woman with these kinds of credentials means you're an idiot. Means you're an absolute idiot. You shouldn't do anything other than shake her hand, call her yes, ma'am, and thank you for coming to talk to my team. I'm guessing part of her talk was when you're uh, when you're when you're meeting someone for the first time, what you shouldn't do is pull your dick out and start masturbating when you're talking on the phone. Or maybe she didn't say that, so Mel didn't pick that up. But you know, again, I I didn't think this was the kind of thing we had to tell you not to do. I just thought that that was assumed. I didn't think we'd have to tell you to stop installing artificial turf with all these data points saying it's bad for players. I, I just thought it was assumed, but you can't ever underestimate the greed of an NFL owner. And apparently you can't ever underestimate what much of a absolute piece of shit horn dog Mel Tucker is. This is going to be an interesting video to cut up and put out later. Don't you think? So it's officially time to get into Club Plus. I'm, I'm guessing there should be some really interesting comments coming up right about now. I will tell you that after Club Plus today, boy, I hope you're following me on the AMP app. I've got an incredible playlist for you of what I'm going to call the background list. These are the songs, and I'm going to promise you, 
if you listen to this, if you stick around, if you join me on AMP today, if I play six songs for you, four of them will be from bands or artists you have never heard of before. This is the what have I been finding? I put on playlists, like Spotify playlists, when I am working on editing video and I just want a little background music. And sometimes I'll hear a song and I'll be like, what is that? That's awesome. I never heard that. I don't want to go old, old, you know, all old Manny where I'm only listening to Led Zeppelin and Fish and, and you know, the, the Grateful Dead, which ever since going to those dead shows, my, my love for the Grateful Dead has been so reawakened in me. I've been listening to a ton of Grateful Dead. But, you know, I got to absolutely have to expose myself to new music. And I'm going to expose you to new music, great music that is perfect to be your background music as you're working on something else. So that is the theme of the playlist that we will get into on the AMP app after we are done with Club Plus, which we're about to hit next, which means it's time to tell everyone listening on the podcast, thank you so much for doing so. And please do remember that sports don't build character. They reveal it. And like that, he's gone.